So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire. It has been about a four or so week hiatus, and we are coming back hot. Dave is ready to talk all things Atlanta United. Uh, But first, if you guys are not subscribed to the channel, please hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, it's ATL on Fire. If you like to listen to podcasts, we're on all the favorite catchers. So if you're an Apple person like Dave... Uh, subscribe on Apple. Me, I'm a Google guy, so you'll find us. Or just go to Google and type in ATL on Fire. We're right there. You'll see all the spots you can subscribe. And uh, right on. There you go, Dave. Thanks for coming. It's, it's been happy to uh, be here. Fired up. We finally kind of slacked for a little bit. A little summer, summer days. And summer gets in I, the way of things. I talk you and Carmen to coming over on a Friday night. So thank you both for showing up. Although I should mention, you know, the World Cup this year doesn't get in the way of the summer. Oh, yes. How about that? <laughs> Carmen, are you going to uh, going to get, when are they going to sell tickets for this thing? When do you think that's going to happen? Cutter? No. Oh, you're talking I'm about I'm talking the about US. it at the No, bands. I'm talking about why we didn't get disrupted this summer, Mikey Dobbs. No, I'm jumping right Because the World to... Cup is not this summer where it was supposed to no, be. Right. It's this winter. But yes, it's really exciting. Tell them the news, Mikey Dobbs. Very exciting. So yeah, the Mercedes-Benz Atlanta was awarded a, uh, at least one game, right, for World Cup 2026. It's a venue. It's a That's venue. all it is now. I think they're talking about likely through maybe a semifinal. Which, yeah, if we can get a, a knockout round, I'm in. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We're definitely bringing ATL on fire to the people absolutely. of the world. Right. All right. Dave. Yes. What, what kind of wine have you brought Carmen and I this evening? It's, uh, I don't really know how to pronounce this. Noemi, I think. It's a Napa Cabernet. Um, I think it's a small producer, um, bottled and produced. Um, so they have a small winery in uh, Napa. Um, it's a Mexican winemaker, yeah. which reminds me of my own buddy Enrique, who Enrique. I make wine with, who's also Mexican. Um, yeah, it's delicious. It's really nice. It's very rich, juicy, good stuff. It's big, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, no, Carmen, it's got uh, it's got fig and raspberry. <laughs> it's like real fruity. I don't a know. lot of notes, <laughs> just like I have for this podcast, Mikey Dow. Every time. <laughs> so. Uh, We've got a lot to talk, lot to talk about. We've got right. the Nashville game, which was like a rain delay of epic proportion, and stayed, right. up, stayed up way too late to watch that. Get a roof, Nashville. Yeah, no, uh, I'm just kidding. Ex- they have a great stadium, but that's a problem. Ooh. Remember, you remember at Georgia Tech when there were all those yeah. thunderstorm delays? Ugh. And then yeah, then we've got the Columbus Crew loss, which was a real tough one. I'm trying to block that out of my mind. It sounds like <laughs> you've got lots of notes. Oof. And then most importantly, we've got the AmFam Cup 
win. The banners dropped in the Mercedes Benz. We're back to winning, baby. And then <laughs> we take down Beckham's team uh, in Miami. Was that on the road or the Benz? Home. That was home. at home, yeah. At the Benz. I was on vacation, so I was <laughs> unable to watch that one. So, yeah. again, like normal, Dave, I'm relying on you to bring us through the history of the last month. I'm here for you, Mikey Dobbs. No pressure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dave, where do you want to start? Atlanta versus Nashville, right? Um, shall we go right to the highlights? Yeah. So, well, first off, like before we go to the highlights, it was a 2-2 draw, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you think of the overall performance? It was pretty terrible. Okay. <laughs> I can't disagree. We were not good. We were really very, very fortunate to get a 2-2 draw. I would agree. And we're going to get to the mo- the reason for that, Mikey Dobbs. Okay. In the end of the game. I don't know if you remember. We're foreshadowing here. Where do you want to go? You want to go right <laughs> to the highlights? No, yeah. Go to Carmen's going to bring us to the highlights here. So. so in 32 seconds into the highlight package, right, um, if we freeze at the moment that we give it away out of the back... Right. Let's see. We're about to freeze it. We give it away. Right. Freeze it. Okay. So we have only one center back who's even involved in the play. Right. Lennon is so far up the field on the right, and it's a little hard to say. He's a little fuzzy there. He's sprinting up the right. Right. That um, he gets back into the picture. Only right when they're scoring. This yeah. is something that we've talked about a lot, right? Why in the world, when our left back is playing out of the back, is um, Lennon, our right back, sprinting up the field? How does that help us, Mikey Dobbs? We've talked about that. It does not help us. So watch where Lennon goes, and then watch at the very end of the clip, you'll see him come back in the picture. Play the clip. So we give the ball away, Nashville comes forward, and then he comes running back in right there. He's right back. Yeah. Right? So Nashville makes what we give the ball away. Nashville makes one pass across in the middle to the to the the player that Lennon vacated, right? And he scores, right? Yeah. It's the easiest goal in the world, and there is no reason why Lennon shouldn't be right there. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't catch that on the the first uh, highlights. Carmen, you can go full screen on the bottom right there to bring it uh, a little window. Yeah. So when will we learn that that's not necessary? Because even if, you know, we don't give away the ball there, Lennon just ends up standing up there with no forward momentum or anything. Yeah. That's painful to watch. Yeah. I was a little sleepy at that point, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was late in the <laughs> night. And in fact, to be completely honest, I was not watching live yeah. because I went to bed <laughs> and work. I watched, and so, I watched this entire game every it's minute. It's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. You're a true, I know, true, true, and true. So I didn't see after the rain delay, but I watched the highlights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, one twenty-five in the highlights, which is um, our uh, goal, and I think we're going to contrast it with some of the goals later, or, or some of the plays later in the next two games. So Moreno incredible composure not to try and force the quick shot on the turnover and instead find Almada for a tap in. Yeah. Let's see this. Look at this. Moreno, my man. 
So Nashville gets the ball. They give it away. Great pressure from us. Oh, yeah. Just a right? And instead of taking the shot right there, he has composure and he passes yeah. it across. And I think we're going to contrast that a little bit later. When we have, I think the point I would like to make is that when we have Moreno, Almada, or Martinez on the, uh, Moreno or Araujo or Martinez on the ball, they're willing to do that. Yeah. Caleb Wiley He's gonna and lash Lennon are not. Yeah, Caleb Wiley and Lennon are going to lash at that right there. Exactly. Yep. And that's the difference. That's why my point being that, you know, if our system is designed to go through the middle and get those guys on the ball, we get those kinds of goals. And as you'll see a little bit later in the other highlights, when we have some of the other players through, great opportunities, maybe even better than that opportunity, and yet we don't score. Yeah. So this is what the uh, second goal from Nashville coming up here. Um, yeah, I was headed up at two fifty. Um, the corner. Oh, it's off a corner. Oh no, this is not the uh, not the goal I was going to make the point of, but you can play this. Yeah. So who's coming out? Moreno is coming out to cover a ball that got played wide into the corner here, and laid back. All the time in the world to play a just lobbing cross. Too easy to win it. Heads it across to the far post. Yep. And Mukhtar nods it in in the near post. Mm -hmm. Shameful. Zero pressure right here on a cross that's not even that good. It doesn't have much speed on it. So you got to, as a defender, win that 50-50 challenge, right? Yeah. Who's that, Lennon? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, well, you know, he's challenging for it. He's um, challenging for it, but I mean, you got you're you you should be in a better defensive position. He didn't have his hips turned. Mm -hmm. He's facing the ball directly where it's getting crossed from, and the guy gets over his back and wins it. Yep. Again, that's just bad defensive position. He didn't again have 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 a position where he can just put a shoulder into him versus versus being like this. There, sorry, there. I agree. That was for the YouTube for watchers. For the YouTube watchers, Mikey Dobbs playing defense here in the podcast. I, I was definitely not scoring. <laughs> okay, so 311 in the highlight package. Um, I have to say, you know, we have to eat crow something a little bit. And Lennon, for the first time this season, not only gets forward, but makes a cross that results in a goal. Yeah, let's watch this. It's, it's a Yeti sighting. <laughs> he makes great crosses I mean we've said that all along Right So I think they're okay I don't know that great Is the how I describe they're, they're, He's solid Oh different package so Almada is just so smooth Going up the field Yeah oh. Almost. Yeah this is the goal that we score um, light to tie, yeah. Or is it our first goal? Oh, that's the yeah. that's the Don yeah, Dwyer there. goal. Yeah, there you go. The, yeah. Any, so go anybody ahead. anybody that's sitting in the far post should be able to score that, right? But that was Araujo's beautiful ball to Lennon, or was that Almada's beautiful ball right. to Lennon? And uh, yeah, Lennon made an excellent little move there. And I don't know if you'd absolutely call it a cross, but he's in an open spot and he lays on an assist for a goal, yeah. which is the first time it's happened all season. Yeah. 
despite him making many excellent crosses and being good spots. My, I, I don't think that's the one you're thinking of. Though. No, but my point being that actually this is really part of the, the, the exact thing that I'm talking about. So Dom Dwyer, right, he is made to finish crosses, right? That's the thing. He's strong. He's yeah. physical. He's pretty good in the air, right? And so... If you had a team that was built around Don Dwyer, God forbid, um, then it would be fine to play a system where the outside backs are the, the whole attacking thing because, as you can see there, he gets in the middle and he can score that. Yeah. Um, obviously, Martinez can do that some. But the rest of our team where we're going to get goals from, Araujo, yeah. Almada, Moreno, they're not going to score those kinds of goals. It's going to be ticky-tacky through the yeah. middle. So... Maybe that could be a tactic towards the end of the game when Dom Dwyer is on, maybe adding to Martinez. You have both of them in the game. But it's not something, as you'll see in the in the, the next couple of games, we constantly get those guys in great spots and they don't score. Yeah. All right. So overall, what do you think of the result? The result is great given, you know, uh, a rain delay where it broke up the rhythm of the game or yep. on the road. And really, we were not... Uh, a dominant by any means, right? And say you would give the nod to Nashville to win that game, and we came away with a point. So yeah, they were the better team. Sometimes you got to get a point ugly on the road. Yeah. I think great result, not such a great performance. I agree mm-hmm. completely. Mm. That wine is delicious. And we'll 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 get to Dom Dwyer the second after the second time. Oh, we we're, we're can talk Dom Dwyer all day. <laughs> Let's wait. I love me. Let's some Dom wait Dwyer to talk. the Pachuca. All right. Okay, moving on. Moving on to Columbus Crew, which Correct. this game was a real painful one, right? Um, mm-hmm. This was probably our biggest low of the season. This is when it felt like, are the wheels going to fall off, Dave? Has Pineda lost his mind? Are the injuries too much for Atlanta United to overcome? That's what this game felt like. And uh, luckily we're, you know, a few games fast forward where it doesn't feel like that anymore, but that's what I recall from watching this game. You? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I get going, I may never stop here. Now you get going. Cause <laughs> stop allowing everyone to get a free run at every free kick and corner. Were you at this game, by the way? No. No. Okay. So this is at the Benz. Mm-hmm. So advantage Atlanta United. Right. And yet we lose a home game. Oh, no, I take this back. I was at this game. Okay. I'm getting all confused, but I was absolutely, yes, at this game. It was so frustrating. So stop allowing everyone to get a free run at every free kick and corner and stop leaving the backs uh, who remain at the back on an island when they have no help. Every time we attack, I look back at the back and I just cringe. Um... And including there are moments when our center backs want to get forward and they can't because... They, they're dribbling the ball out of the back. It'll be Franco. It'll be Campbell. Or before that, it was Robinson. And they know that if they go forward, I don't know if you remember the goal that we gave up off the our attacking corner kick when there was nobody back. Oh, yeah. But there was a moment in this game in the first half where Franco actually ventured forward after that. playing the ball forward. And if we had given up the ball, we had nobody back. They had just kicked the ball straight up the field. They would have had a 70-yard breakaway. You can't do that in professional soccer. You can't even do that in, like, peewee soccer. So who are you putting that on? The coaches. 
but Franco shouldn't know not to do that. No, Franco apps. I mean, one of the things I have a problem with is there are moments where we could really create an advantage with Franco stepping up and making a move. Right. Mm -hmm. But he can't because Lennon and, and, and now Wiley, but originally Gutman early in the season, they're so far up the field that if he goes to, there's nobody. All right. And so, you know, and then the other thing that happens is we have this crazy tactical system where the person who's supposed to cover it is Josetu coming out of the middle or Ibarra coming out of the middle or Seda coming out of the middle. And, you know, it's a clever system or whatever. It means that Pineda clearly realizes it's a problem because otherwise why would you have a center midfielder covering for that? But I am tired of watching Ibarra and Sadich and Josetu, who are not backs, playing back. The only person I'm really tired of watching is uh, Sadich. Sedic, Sedich, Sedich, man, that guy does not need to be on the field. Yeah, and the frustration is so obvious, right? Um, You know, I wrote this even at halftime in my notes. It's only a matter of time before someone gets a stupid red. Dom Dwyer, no, guaranteed. But that's not what happened. Who gets the red? Almada. Yeah, not right? this, it was after a, the game was, ended. He was so frustrated that he bumps the referee after yeah. the game. Right, back in the day, that wouldn't even have been thought of as a card. I mean, welcome <laughs> to 2022. So this is my you. There's no room for bumping the referee. Period, Dave. It's. The guys on the MLS channel would definitely be like, that's clearly a red. It it actually looked to me in the original replay that he was running over and he kind of slowed down, but then he just, his momentum kind of carried into him. It It wasn't, it it was not much in it. it There was not much in it. You know that the comment, right? Handbags at 12 paces. Yeah. That's what that was. You know, but that's, but that's also just it. You know, it's like a good referee i don't know would just kind of let that slide i think but he wanted to make it about himself oh yeah a, definitely an MLS referee want to make, make it about himself what do you make it about himself we can talk about that <laughs> in the miami game crying out loud sometimes it benefits us too I mean, especially at the end of the game you know you you touch the referee in the middle of the game but like at the end of the game you know it's just he just wants to to get his name out there have the guys on major league soccer andrew Weeby, talk about how that is a clear and obvious red card any day of the week, Dave. Yep. Any day of the week. You cannot touch the referee. It's just unthinkable. So I felt like, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. I agree with you. Um, I feel like it's sort of at the halfway, around the halfway point with after this match, and you've really gotten a chance to see the Pineda tactics. And knowing that actually in the next two games um, where Pineda was coaching but not actually coaching, <laughs> it was better. Um, here's what I have to say, right? Pineda, at, after this game, what it said to me was, Pineda knows every bit of what the current trends in coaching are, Right? So wingers flying up the field, check. We got it, yeah. right? Zonal marking on free kicks, check. Oh, we, we got, got that. it. We got that check. Double pivot in midfield, current, everybody loves it, check. 
But if you're going to use those tactics, you really need to know what they are and they need to match the personnel that you have. Right. I always use the analogy in youth soccer, like all you hear all these coaches yelling, you know, to the forward, you got to get up on the last defender. Do they even know why you would want to get up on the last defender? Why? Mikey Dobbs, tell them why you might want to get up on the last defender. You're saying like one of the forwards yeah. press? Yeah. So if, oh. if, you're, if your team is sort of in the back, you're playing somewhere in midfield, and the coach is yelling at the forward, get on the last defender. Why? Well, the only reason why is the rest of the team would know that you're pressing up, and you are, as a forward, making it clear where you have to – where you're forcing the- no, but if the ball is already past them in midfield, right? So let you know you're getting ready for the next play, and the coaches are always yelling, "Get on the last, get right on the, the center back, get right on them." I'm Why not, would you do that? I'm not following you totally on like what where the ball is right now. So if the ball is in Atlanta United's attacking a uh, defensive third, let's say that Ibarra is you know challenging for the ball right outside our own eighteen, it would be like Pineda yelling to Martinez and saying, "Get on their, get all the way up the field, get on their, their oh, like to, up guys. to stretch the field, right?" So there you go. Gotcha. I thought you were saying like the ball was in their defensive. No. End. Okay. And why would you? Why would you want to stretch the field? Uh, well, stretching the field could have a, a number of good good reasons right so you know the you could play a long ball and something could happen Mm -hmm. um but it also opens some space because the defensive people people obviously drop back and it creates a huge gap in the center of the field which if some somebody's making angled runs you can lay it off to them and off to the races it's almost like you know what you're talking about Hey, <laughs> no, I, I, now, now that I know what you're talking about, yeah, I, I, no, it's I, I exactly right. So if, 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 if a defense is getting up the field and pressuring you and keeping you in, in your own end, the idea is if you go push it all the way as far as you can, they can't leave you there because then you just play over the top for a breakaway and it keeps those defenders honest. Yeah. Okay. But I hear youth coaches yelling this all the time when the defenders are already standing 10 yards behind where the attacker is. There is never a reason for you to go forward and get on that guy. The whole point of that is to stretch the field right, if they're crowding it. Because if, if they're, they're not, not crowding then, it. Then you have a 10-yard lead to check back to the ball, Dave. Not only that, but when your team wins the ball, you're wide open. Yeah. So why would you go stand next to a guy who's going to mark you? Correct. Yeah, exactly. They play it to your feet, and then you turn the ball, and now you're putting them on their heels. Versus going forward, and they play it in your feet, and then you've got to make a magnificent turn. So our crazy-ass tactic, and that's the only thing I can call it, of having the outside backs fly forward and having the center midfielders try to go from center midfield wide out to cover from them, it makes no sense at all, right? Because, I mean, it's fair, you know, if we're going up the field and Lennon makes a great run up the field, it is amazing, and Pineda was a king of this when he played, of going in and covering that open space when maybe that outlet could go to that guy initially. Okay, but if you're doing it all the time, and so your midfielders are constantly doing that, and if it's a double pivot, which I'd like to talk about in a minute, then all of a sudden, what happened to your center midfield, Mikey Dobbs? Well, look, I don't like to give you credit, okay? So, But if you're listening to this podcast, go back to the YouTube version of this and go back to the Nashville game where Dave points out where Lennon is up the field and they go down the field on the right side and they cross it to 
uh, Sapong, right. who, if Lennon's not up the field unnecessarily, we have a defender, our right fullback, which is what he's playing in, in four in the back, defending a guy who had a sitter. Exactly. And there's right. no need for it because how is he helping us? He's not helping us. If there. you're going to, I am all for taking chances and doing things offensively. And a lot of coaches say we got to do things to create things. Great. But if you're going to take a chance, it should be something that gives you an attacking advantage. If your chance is the guy running up on the far side of the field only to stand there and give up the whole defensive end, that's not a good equation. Right, and even when 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 Lennon actually gave the cross to score that goal, which was the first one all season, even in that game, he was a zero plus one because he got forward and crossed one, minus one because he got forward and gave up one. And so, if it's not a plus, it's not helping us. So even when he scored, and the coach might say, "Look, we finally got it right," he also gave up one. It sounds like a Ricky Bobby quote to me. <laughs> If you're not up one, you're losing. Or what, I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Uh, and we literally keep giving up the exact same goals. There are two goals that we give up, and we'll talk about it as we go to the next right, couple of games. Let's get on it. It's 51 seconds in But here. just let me say, the two goals that we give up over and over, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day, is one, when the outside backs are bombing up the field and they play in behind them. Actually, there's three goals we give up. One, the outside back's bombing up. We play him behind them. Two, when they're even back, they get pinched in unnecessarily and they leave them open. Or three, off a corner or a free kick where they just run right through our zone. It's the same three goals every time. So, listeners, we're here on the highlights. 51 seconds into the uh, Columbus Crew game at home. They've got a corner kick. Dave, what are you seeing on the setup here? <laughs> Explain to me what you're seeing. I'm seeing our vaunted zonal marking. How many? Count the number of players inside the six, Mikey Dobbs. Uh, on their team or ours? On our team. On our team, and we are the blue. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in the box, Dave. No, but inside the six. Oh, inside the six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, now, this is actually already a tactical adjustment that they have made because one of the things you'll see, as you pointed out, there are three guys also playing, I don't know, zone or man-to-man. -man, but it looks more, like there's zone. I see more man-to-man -man here now that I'm looking at it, right? So near post, right, you've got the guy at, at, at the closest to the ball on the crew. He's marked up by the guy that's kind of standing on the line as well. Yep. The guy who's closer to the touchline is playing zone. Okay. Then you got the guy in front of Bobby Shuttleworth who's on playing man in front of the guy in front right. of him. Then you got a guy who's playing zone in front of him who's marking the guy at the top of the box, right? So his hips are hopefully turned and he can step out and play that guy who's running, which I'm okay with that. Then you got a guy marking man-to-man -man on the back post and, uh -huh. and in the middle of the 18. But, okay, so if you're truly playing so man- So that is that is man-to-man. -man. Well, no, if you're playing man-to-man, -man, how many players do they have in the six? How many players are they? One, two, three, four. Oh, so in the six- Four, I guess. I'll count the guy who's standing well, on the six. It's only, it's only three people in the six. That they have. I think there are two guys by the goalkeeper there. Is that true? Oh, there are? I'm missing. I'm missing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Carmen, I, you can correct us if we're wrong. Is that two players right there? I think it is. Yeah. It's two. And actually, that's ironic, right? Because 
There's two oh. two players that by could, the goalkeeper and only be, one player that could defending be the, him. That could be the crux of this whole thing. Well, so we they have one, two, three, four. Okay, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so by definition, you are not man marking if they have four and you have six, right? Because even if you're marking man to man, right, you would have four because they'd be marking up. We have no. I'm okay with this. This is I disagree. I would call this. Other than the cluster that is between Bobby Shuttleworth sandwich here. Every- but that's part of the problem, right? So even though we have six, right, there's one guy wide open. There's 2v1. How do you leave a 2v1 when you wait, have a two-man advantage? Time out, Dave. Where's the guy that's wide open? The two guys on the goalkeeper. There's only one guy marking them. One guy's marking two. So when those two guys break off, as they inevitably will, right on this free kick, what does that guy do? Who is he going to cover? Yeah, but that's not who scores it. It's the guy that's man marked in the back post that scores it. Right? My point is not necessarily who scores it. My point is that the system is yeah. just ludicrous. I but other other than the the yeah the two guys that are right in front of Bobby Shuttleworth and there needs to be something happening there. What yeah, what do you do in that situation when you got the goalkeeper being crammed by two Columbus Crew players? What I sh- think you what need two it- players, you know, significantly shoving them. Okay, so <laughs> getting him off the goalkeeper. So I, in this case, I would assume the guy that's wasteful on the near post should be dropped back in. To cover one of those, players. or what about the guy right in the center in the six who's no. marking who? No, he's marking the guy who's at the top of the eighteen, but right by the referee. The one who's inside the six is marking the guy all the way up at the top of the eighteen. I would think so. Yeah, that's it, a terrible job of marking. He's twelve yards away. No, I'm okay with that. You, as long as he's got his hips turned, he should be able to win that ball when it comes across. Maybe. What no, about not, the, not maybe? That is proper defending there. If sure. He's, but there's already another guy who's out yeah, there but next he, to him. He's he's paying attention to the two guys at the top of the box to put the pressure on if it gets played back. That's what I think. So happening. you're expecting there, so there's one of our defenders and it's really fuzzy hard to see. I think it's maybe Almada, right? Who's right at the penalty spot. Yeah. You're expecting him to let his guy go. I think so. Yeah, I think the guy at the top of the six is would be responsible for him. My problem. I would look at here's that. Here's my problem. Even if he does that, and now you're expecting the guy at the top of the six to pick him up, yeah. which is maybe, I don't know who like that ten, is. 10 yards, I don't know who but it is. But the problem is, even if he goes and you're saying he can beat him to the ball, nobody is botting him up. So you're giving a guy a five-yard free run. Yeah. And I'm going to say he's going to lose that header because no, any time you he, give he, a guy a five-yard free run, he's got momentum. No, because the defender also has equal opportunity to clash heads with him going the other way. And it, that's where like a brave... So you think it's okay to have an in-between, like a joust, that our guy's going to be running forward, they're going to be running forward, and we have to try to beat them A thousand the percent, because the, the, the foul always goes the defender's way. That's in fair, case. but I always think... goes 99% of the time. If something happens in that ball in the air, the defender's going to get the call. Period. The end. Fair, but what I would say is that I don't ever, ever want to give anybody a free run in our penalty area, 
Everybody should be bodied up and make it difficult because well, the mean, moment you give them a free run, it's much easier to any score. Any of these guys at the top of the box can make a free run. That guy at the top of the box can come sprinting in if you want. No, to. you should body him up, give him a little knock. You know, you know, you're a football fan. No, we talked. Right? We if talked you don't about get that. The, the six yard box. When you have the set piece, right? Yep. I get what you're saying there, yep. but like some of this, it's unavoidable, right? So if they have a piece and this guy at the top of the 18 comes bombing in, like it's pretty hard to like get a. Unless you pick him and get a foul to get get real pressure on him, I think you need to bottom him up. But now the, the other, but the, but and that's what I'm saying is that's okay because the advantage always goes to the defender in terms of that being a fifty. Yeah, you bottom him up. They both fall down and you get the foul. Right, yeah, that's so good. We're one. getting caught up on this. Let's but keep the, going. the guy who is at the far post, our defender, who's in between the goalkeeper and the outside guy who's marking, what's he doing? Who's he covering? Which one? So between Shuttleworth and the outside back, who oh. it's really hard to see who the players are. At, yeah, no, he's saying. he's marking no one. That's a good. Yeah, point. what's he doing? He should, so he should be marking the guy in front of Shuttleworth. Yes, or, or he should be marking the guy at the top top of the box, like near Almada. Sure, I agree, and and, and that would be way more useful. They've gotten zone and it was originally this horrible zone they've gotten a little better you can see now that they've put the other problem that we've talked about all the time in the zone is if you don't win the first ball that it gets chaos nobody's responsible for anybody and the guy ends up sitting right at the penalty spot so clearly the adjustment they've made here is we now have three players sitting in a line right at the penalty spot right who are doing a second row of zone if you but, will but i can't remember how this plays out i think he crosses it all right goes, let's say the goes clip. far post and the guy just heads it in right so deep delivery from santos it's a goal yeah so that guy runs right over to the guy where he was standing. He steps right to the top of top center part right. of the six. And there's and a guy right where he runs to. Does he ever, the guy who he runs to, mark him? No. What does he do? Yeah, he what does Franco do? Right there. Franco with the long sleeves. Right. He's the guy who is the wide open. Does he ever pick him up? No. No. He doesn't even see him. He's coming from behind him. And he goes and checks in. And he, that's... Literally, he heads it about two yards from where Franco started on that play, and he never makes a play on that ball. So that's the problem, right? Why do you have a zonal player if, if you can play a ball within two yards of a zonal player and the guy never moves to the ball? There's a problem. And so, yes, you can say Franco should know the guy's there and he should do better and whatever, but this is a professional defender, right? And I refuse to believe that he's that terrible. I mean, I don't think he makes a good play on this thing, but he's not that terrible. It's just human nature. You don't yeah. know what's behind you. I don't know. Just watching that, just nobody's playing hard enough. Sure. But it's also hard to play hard enough when you're responsible for an amorphous, yeah. God only knows what's happening, right? All right. So what happens next here in this uh, crew game? You were at this game. I was. You're emotionally charged. You've got notes. <laughs> what happened? It all goes down. We give up the first goal, and then uh, we give up another goal, right? We went down 2-0. Yes, right? we did. All right. What minute did we go down 2-0? Second half or first half? So we're down 1-0, and, uh, yeah. I don't recall. So the second goal, here we go. 
Uh, it's at 328 in the highlight package. Yeah. Okay. Can you go back slightly so we can freeze it? Oh, geez. I remember this now. <laughs> so this is at the very end of the first half. So we're playing four defenders, Mikey Dobbs, right? So we're playing a back four. We've talked about this. Yeah. We argued for a back four. Love How back does four. a system with four defenders, um, two of whom are actually midfielders who are filling in for the defenders who've gone outside, end up so far up the field that Dijon is on a 40-yard island, right? So he's marking. There's only one guy up, but it's just him. They leave him completely on an island. And what you'll see as we let this play go, right, is... They play a long ball. It's him. Look, freeze it right there. Look how far Dijon is from any other defender. Okay? Yeah. And there's two problems with this. Okay? First problem is Dijon right here in this moment has the inside track on the ball. Yep. He should be winning it. If he had any help whatsoever, he goes for this ball and he wins it. Because he's got the inside track. But he's so worried about going for it and missing it that he's, as you'll, when we play it, he actually backs off and lets the guy have it. There's a second problem, Mikey Dobbs. Once he loses the ball, right, it's 1v1, right? So fine, 1v1. If you get beat, you get beat. Yeah. But the attacker is able to cut the ball back three times and nobody ever gets back in the play because they're 40 yards up the field. So there is no way that a player should be able to make three cuts and never have a second defender get yeah. there. So there's three, three Atlanta United defenders running back that are 25 yards behind the play at this right. point. And they never get there. So first play it, you'll see he has the inside track, but he lets the guy go in front of him. Now it's cut, cut, goal. Yeah. And they never get back. Well, part of that was because some of them were jogging back too. Honestly, even Escobar was just kind of ball. But what kind of system leaves one player in the back? No. But the, no. Have well, you ever seen any European professional teams play with one player no, in the back? What you also see with European teams, you'll never see a guy jogging back like that. They'd be taken okay, off the field fair. and never play. No, that was Escobar, actually. Escobar, not Ronald Hernandez. It kind of was, he did a little ball watching, and yeah, he cut it back. He could have put pressure on it had he been a little more aggressive running back. You don't think a Leeds United player would have been back on that? Fair, but those guys ran themselves yeah. into oblivion. Yeah. They almost right. got relegated. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, but you know they didn't, Dave. Barely. 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 You actually bet that they'd finish above Tottenham. Did that happen? No, it didn't. <laughs> I'll bet anything against Tottenham. Well, fair. Nobody yeah. likes Tottenham, but... And, and I'll usually win. Um... So the odds are with me long term. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like my 401k, Dave. Come on. It's not looking good right now. Like you win on the leads thing, but just got to stick with this. I want to digress <laughs> too, right? So if you go to the very beginning of this clip, the very, very beginning of this clip, the first of the highlight package, the, the first second of the highlight package, the kickoff. The kickoff. The kickoff. You're making Carmen go all the way back. Yes, to I want to go here. back to the kickoff. Oh, jeez. Dave. They always show the kickoff. On all highlight packages, they show the kickoff, right? So play it, and I'll hit. I'll tell you to hit pause in a second, and we can see what happened. Did they play it forward or back? So stop it. Play. Okay. What do you see here, Mikey Dobbs? What do I see here? I see every Columbus player on their heels. 
Sure, but what do you see from our beloved Atlanta United? I don't see enough fans in the stadium, Dave. <laughs> I see a lot of red empty seats. And okay. Pop. They probably they probably also said it was a sold out game, which I'm calling BS on too. Let's make it a little more specific. What do so, you see from our Atlanta United player? <laughs> there are a lot of pop quizzes going on. Like, so there, are, there are. Like always It's not a it's not a it's not a trick question. So, here. D- Dave, do you want me to a- answer the way you want me to? Which is I see everybody bombing forward, right? It's not just players bombing forward, right? So it's one thing when players bomb forward and counterattack. This, Mikey Dobbs, is a kickoff set play. Yeah, it's exactly. Everybody's bombing for it. He's going to play it in the far left corner. He's supposed to play it in the front left corner where three of the United players right. are running to or whatever. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pass down the, the sidelines. So it's Almada who's gotten the ball back, right? And Almada takes a look up. And none of those guys are really open, because how is anybody ever really open when you do that? Because they got the guys back waiting for it. Yeah. Right? It's never going to work. It's never going to get you a goal. I don't think a kickoff play has ever scored a goal for any team. So why would you do one? Right? But regardless. I, I, don't, know, I don't know that I agree with you. I don't know that I would agree with you here. <laughs> this is, to me, uh. to me, this is way better than playing it back. To play it in the far corner have the other team, especially at the beginning of the game, make a stupid mistake because they're they're not. Ah, it's going to happen, though, because nobody told Almada that you have to kick the ball up the field in this play. Almada's been taught to be a good player, right? He yeah. clearly gets it. We've, we've talked about this a lot. This guy really understands the game. He takes a look up the field, but I'm and all- he's like, I am never going to complete this pass, ever. So he has to play the ball up the field because if he doesn't, what's going to happen? No, I, I hear you. What I'm saying is, it's, and I don't remember what happens here after this, and it's okay that he does like a little pump fake here. and he That's does why some, it's a great quiz. He does a pump fake and does something different. But what I love about this, about doing this, you, which is my first observation, is yep. look at the Columbus crew. Every, all the, they're all arched back. They're yep. on, on their heels. Sure. That's a hell of a lot better than playing it back off, okay. of, off, of, off of a kickoff. The game is starting. It never works. Put the, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. You mean to tell me you don't want the ball on the other side of the field? We can show you. Want me to show you the, the, I don't the, need, the test example? I, I don't because need. Because Miami does need, the and, same thing against Dave, us. We'll, we'll remember. Lies and li- listeners, don't listen to Dave right now. <laughs> this, is, this is false information that he's providing you. Okay. You always want to put the defenders on their heels. And if you look at this right now, the defenders are on their heels. I agree with that. So I just call BS on that. I'm I'm okay actually with your point, which is why put yourself so much on the heels? Why not give it in their end and then get on the front foot? Yeah. And so I'm okay. Look, kick it to their outside back and let's go up and pressure them instead of giving it away in the middle because they're all set right off of every kickoff, right? Fair, right? I'm just saying it never works that we play it to that guy. He gets open. We've overloaded the side and we score. You, do, you don't need to and do it every happens. time. I right? agree with you. Right. But so, okay. So nobody told Almada that you have to play the ball if we have a set play. And so he's got this, you know, coaches in his head from when he's five. And he's like, I've been taught never to give the ball away. So he yeah. takes a look and he's like, it's not on. Yeah. My, pass, he, my passing percentage is going down. If I <laughs> Boot, boot this up the field. It's not no, but you're yeah. right. It's not the right technical right. thing. So to do. he does exactly what you just said, which yeah. is he pump fakes yeah. and he plays a 
clever little short ball, which doesn't come off, and it's counterattack city right off the kickoff. Yeah. And that's, Play the clip. This is what I dream about. Exactly. There he plays the keep ball, and we give it up, and oh, boy. Now stop it. Oh. Oh, it's all, that was it. No. They, they that was it. They cut off the clip yeah. anyway. So, but, but if you stop that clip, we were really lucky not to give up a goal right off our own kickoff because they had a counterattack that was 5v3. How do you give up a counterattack off your own kickoff, Mikey Dobbs? That's but, poor. You know how you do it is a bad pass. Well, you, you forget to tell Omada that he has to kick the ball up the field no matter what. If you're going to have a kickoff play, the guy has to be informed that you got to kick the ball up the field. I'm not saying that you're wrong and that the kickoff play is fine to put them on their heels. He, and you're right. They were on their heels. You don't think Almada is a player that could have made a better pass there or a better decision. His own if, if, in he, that, if he wanted to make the pump fake proper... He could have done better there. In my opinion, if he you're going to do that play, he has one choice and one choice only, which is he's got to bomb the ball up the field. If he doesn't, we're vulnerable. Why would you do that? I think... I'm like, okay with I him think, being clever normally, but right off the kickoff? I know. I think that these guys are professionals. You should be able to do the pump fake and pass it to another player with trust. In the EPL, you don't think that, that that's acceptable? Yeah. I mean, you don't see that in the you don't see the NFL run in the EPL. Like that's not how they start the games. Yeah. So. And so we give up a corner, which we already went over big time. I actually have one more note on that corner, which is when you're going to do the zonal and the man marking. Why do you pick Josetu as the guy who's going to mark their super tall Mensa? Why? Don't you think we should put one of the defenders who's big and strong on that? So if we got to the losing goal in this game, are we done with the Columbus Crew game? Can we move on to the AmFam Championship game? Or do you have more to talk about for the Columbus Crew? Uh, I have a little bit more. But, okay. I mean, one thing I'll say is that, you know, for all the frustration and all the madness that we had, um, you know, we had a whole bunch of possession. We had a whole bunch of chances. And if Pineda were here, he'd be screaming at us, wait a second, what about our chances, right? And I will say that the Columbus goalkeeper made three amazing saves. Um, but, 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 here's my but, right? The problem is, I think two of the three are Lennon getting through on goal. Right. And you can say, yeah, he had amazing chances. He should have scored. Right. But is Lennon the guy we really want through on goal? So I don't know whether you want to go to the clips. We don't have to. Um, they are at 531, 655, and 717. Uh, amazing chances, all for Atlanta United. All three amazing saves from Columbus. So here Here's we go. This is, this is one of them here. Let's watch. Yeah. Just slightly behind that. Yeah. Oh, who was that's that? an amazing save. So assist narrows off a cross all the way across the field. He puts it back where it came from, which is what you always should do, right? So Martinez flicks it on, or was it? The no, defender? the defender gets the head on okay. it. But he's waiting. He puts it back where it came from. And look at that save. That's Cisneros. That yeah, shot it was yeah. a great effort. So that's one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice save. I mean, three, uh, just absolutely amazing. Mainly because, mainly because he was screened. He so go to great. 655. 
655 listeners <laughs> on the highlight. Oh, it must be a it little bit Mar- behind that because Moreno <laughs> clearly looks, heard it. Looks like Mar- okay, play Mar- the clip. Moreno's got the ball. Oh. Oh, it's lit. And oh. To Dave's point, you can't score outside the box. It was an amazing save. Moreno from like 40 something. Yeah. <laughs> it was an amazing hit. Yeah. How does he say that? Oh. That's going straight Goodness. upper 90. All right. And then, and it then goes, here's the. Oh, it's a Lennon cross. And the, oh, oh, cleared off the line. Yeah, those are three nice saves. Yep. Oh, it's 223 is the example of where the other great chance in the game where it falls to Lennon. So if you go back to 223. 223. So ball goes out wide to Lennon on his chest. Araujo cutting oh, in. Oh, oh, Lennon here. And that's, do you want that guy? If that's Martinez, you don't think he scores that? What a ball by Araujo, back heel. You don't think, so here's, so if you go back to that and freeze that for a second, right? This is, I mean, this this is no knock on Lennon. This is just not what he does. But a great striker. So Lennon gets a back heel from Araujo at the top of the box. He walks right in. It's not a great angle, right? So freeze it now. It's not the yeah. worst angle either. So a great striker would turn his hips, fake to the uh, far post, and just drill it high and near post. I've seen you score that goal, Mike yeah. Dobbs. And Martinez does it luck. all the time, just roofing it, right? Yeah. And what does he do? He just plays predictably straight across where the goalkeeper has an easy chance. Is the goalkeeper even troubled by this shot? Play it again. Yeah, no, it's the spot where you expect him to play it. No. It was upper 90, far netting, great shot, no. but not the right shot. So, there we go. A loss at home against Columbus Crew, who's not a great team. Yeah. Was Darlington Nagby in this game? Yep, he played. Yeah, he's invisible, right? He's, you know, I think the age is starting to show a little bit. He played well, but he wasn't the dominant force that we saw when he was here. (laughs) Now... The other thing I was going to point out, and I don't think you have an answer for this too, but so we're so frustrated in this game. Oh, big time. So, yeah, the end of the game, we got red cards all around, right? Pineda, Almada, we already talked about that. Right. So, But not, not Pineda. We don't know why he got a red card. So I don't know whether you want to show the clip, Carmen, but Dom Dwyer scores. In the previous game, right? And then he rams Rhino style into the goalkeeper. Um, oh, Dom Dwyer? Who's that? This is pretty late in the game. Dom Dwyer with the bicycle kick? Is this the bike he gets? The consolation prize? Here we go. Dom Dwyer. Cross from Moreno. Flicked on. Flicked back in the middle, Dom Dwyer, bicycle kick. Okay, freeze it. <laughs> so, great. So, first of all, we're going to just talk, tell this in a, you know. Yeah, talk to me, Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen, hey, Carmen, did you watch Top Gun yet? Two times. Oh, my gosh. I need to get to the I theater. I heard it's amazing. Oh, we're foreshadowing again, too, because, so this is the second game in this stretch where Dom Dwyer scores late. Now, it doesn't help us because we lose two to one. There's another one. 
Anyway, okay. But Dom Dwyer <laughs> scores on a bicycle kick, and I agree with you. It wasn't, you know, special. People say, oh, it's cool, bicycle kick, but he's on, like, the one-yard line. But um, then he goes, like, madness, rush of blood to the head. It's the 91st minute. There's five minutes of stoppage time. He wants the ball back. And he goes rhino charging into the goal to get the ball back. Yeah. And you can play the clip. He, like, slams into somebody. <laughs> there it is, folks. There you go, Rhino. Charge. He didn't slam. He's he. That's clearly a yellow card if the ref has any brain. Like he, and the people he, pull him out of there. He has no right to grab that ball from a guy who's mm-hmm. already got it in mm-hmm. his hands. And the mm-hmm. ref was right there too. You know what I mean? Guy picks it up, right? Yeah. The and guy he, does a great job of flicking it into his own hands and his own goal. Yeah. To get on it because he knows they want the ball back quickly and get it to half field. Yeah. Once that happens, you gotta you gotta let go and let the yeah. ref make the play. No, not Dom Dwyer. <laughs> so he goes charging it now. Somewhere in this, somewhere in this, Dave Pineda gets upset. I don't see any reason for Pineda to be upset. The only I, thing I could think the of, the only is, reason he would be upset is the refs doing a poor job of refing. And not giving Dom Dwyer a yellow card. That would be the only thing I could think of. You know, my uh, dear podcast listeners, Mikey Dobbs was once uh, red carded for arguing a call for our team. Because yeah. he thought it was so no, bad. Gave so me- this is a guy who believes in good calls. I do believe in good calls. He gave us a penalty kick that was a terrible Not deserved. Call. It was not a terrible deserved. call. It was a terrible call. And it was for me. And I'm like... This it's not re- a penalty kick, th- ref. It, it proved why I was yelling at him all game for being a <laughs> terrible referee. I was like, now you're going to give this? This team, oh, gosh. And he wouldn't let up. And the referee's like, I gave you the penalty. He's like, I know. It was a terrible call. And <laughs> I, he started yelling. He got in his face and got sent off, people. I've got principles, Dave. <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive. I have to say, you are correct. You were correct in that case. But the only thing I can really think of is maybe Pineda was upset because, you know, like every MLS game when, when Columbus had the lead, you know, everybody suddenly had a hangnail that they needed, you know, trainer assistance for five minutes. They really milked it. And I'm yeah. thinking that was it. But he got red carded right after this. And I still haven't heard anything about why. I don't know what Pineda could have been so upset about, right? We were terrible. Yeah. I mean, we dominated the game, but they scored the goals. And we gave them a goal where we only had... Do you know, do you know any Spanish uh, curse words? Yes. I, I bet but... you it was that. I bet you it was one of those. And the ref's like, I know Spanish. <laughs> Red I, card. I know you, <laughs> Pineda. <laughs> I hear you. That's my theory. And it's like, no, it's the guy in the bud box. It was language. It was a language. You know, it was our buddy Enrique. It's not Pineda. Are we ready, Dave, to move to the new trophy for Atlanta United? The Am Fam inaugural win over Pachuca, who I believe actually were the. Clausura champions, right? And yes. I think they were runner-up in the um, Apertura or something like that, no? No, they were actually mid-table in oh, the mid-table, okay. But they did win the Clausura. They finished first place. The Clausura was the most recent iteration of the championship for, for Mexico. So they are so, the defending Mexican champions. So in good form, def- like certainly a top Liga MX. For sure. For sure. Good so, team. you know, all jokes aside about the 
the exhibition game. You know, it was I like at the end of the day, I feel like it's uh it was definitely uh a good kind of just turn in the season in terms of momentum that we needed in a fun game at home against a team. I mean, I think they wanted to win. I think we wanted to win. There was endless subs. Uh, I think there was probably like 22 substitutions in that game. Yeah, late. And 60th minute, maybe. 70th. And yeah, I thought it was, inter- it, first off, it was an entertaining game. So it was just fun to watch kind of free flow soccer. Uh, my first observation in that game was the first half watching Araujo and Almada. Or not Almada, Araujo and Moreno. Mm. Um, I felt like we're a class above uh, Pachuca's players. Mm. I felt like they really put – those guys really showed their class, and I thought that they put that team – particularly Moreno. Like, I think that he did that hunchback move where he just, like, leans over (laughs) and, like, eats up space, right, until he either gets pushed over and fouled and then either goes forward and just makes this kind of awkward, like, pass forward. He's just so good at that. And I thought he Moreno particularly played well in the first first half. Um, now I was going to say, you know, I was a little bit worried that so at the end of um, the Columbus game, um, Pineda actually after we gave up the goal in the second half, he went to five in the back for the first time since last year, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, we gave up two. We're giving up a goal every time they go up yeah. the field, which is like only twice. And, and but, <laughs> all of our defend, all of our defenders are injured. So you know. well, and they're not even back. It doesn't matter whether your defenders are are injured if there's nobody back. Anyway, um, I was really worried that. Uh, I wrote down after the, the Columbus game that I thought, okay, Pineda's going to revert to five in the back um, because, you know, we keep giving up these goals. Yeah. And in fairness, in the Pachuca game and in the Miami game, he didn't. Yeah. Although he wasn't actually coaching because he's red carded, but presumably he's still making those decisions. Yeah. So good on him for not actually, you know, capitulating. And I have to say... It is a uh, brave move down 2 nothing in a game at home to actually go with an extra defender. I think it was actually the right move. Yeah. We totally dominated that second half, and we're a little unlucky not to yeah. get back in the game. But no, in this Pachuca game, we go up 2 nothing right out of the gate. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say it's, it's the new thing. Is it is it Araujo to Martinez or Martinez to Araujo? Yeah, I think it's Araujo to Martinez, clearly. It's, it's Especially all. the first goal. Yeah, so the first goal, Martinez to Araujo. The second goal, Araujo to Martinez. <laughs> so let's watch this. How's this go down? Five seconds into the clip, because it's in the third minute. Here it is. Uh, we turned the, the ball over. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Martinez plays it to Araujo, who... The the subtle little like rollover that he does, like I don't yeah. right here. That is so yeah. hard to explain. It's ridiculous. How ridiculous that is. That that's what I took away from it. it at first you would say it's Can you, al- pause it? you would say almost it's, it's almost a mistake. One of the things I yeah, But it, it it throws every it's it, that's the half second throw off for everybody on the Pachuca team. We're right not worthy. Here. Just does this little it's, step over, yes. and then he doesn't hit it perfect, but 
everybody's timing is off because of that weird little rollover that he did. It's amazing. And then all Joseph's got to do right here is just come finish. But the one track. of the things I'll say, right? So look at Joseph on that finish. I mean, it's the easiest finish in the world, but he makes so sure of it by roofing it, right? That's the difference between Joseph Martinez on that one versus well, Lennon or Wiley well, or whoever. That's my other observation with this is that takes, that takes composure and it's a real good sign that the Joseph would old, there's some signals there. Because that's not easy. Like, that's what you want to do. You want to roof that, just like you said. But yep. th that takes a lot of uh, confidence yep. to do. And so if he's already cle cleaning that up with confidence, that's a good sign. And I have to say, so um, in the second goal, right, you'll remember in the clip that we already showed, Moreno um, back in the Nashville game has a chance off a flicked off ball in the middle. He, everybody thinks he's going to shoot. He has composure. He doesn't shoot. He passes it across to Almada for a much better angle, and he scores. The second goal here in the 23 seconds in, play the clip. Martinez to Araujo, who cuts it back. And at first I thought that deflected off somebody, and it doesn't, right? He actually meant to hit that near post like he did. Oh, I'm getting one one game ahead of us because it's the, it's the goal in Miami. But my point being that when it's Araujo or Martinez on the ball or Moreno on the ball, the composure in the box is like an order of magnitude higher, right? Um, so, But, yeah, again, Araujo, look at that cutback. And, yeah, it doesn't come off anybody. He just curls that near post. And yep. that's that's next level. Okay. It's almost like he played for a champion, uh, Champions League level team. Because you're still going to get later in the next game. You're going to get Araujo, Martinez, Martinez, Araujo. There's four consecutive goals that we score um, yeah. that are all Martinez and Araujo. Good sign, now, dear, dear podcast listeners. Oh, no. Uh, goal and a corner kick, Dave? Has that happened to Atlanta United ever? Never. So then Pachuca comes back. Mm -hmm. Corner kick here. Again, you know, again, I think that just like the last time, you kind of can't blame the zonal marking so much because it's just a guy who gets beat one-on-one, -on -one, the guy who's sort of marking yeah. it. But the problem is you have all those extra zonal markers and you're still not getting to that ball. Right, so it's it's clearly the, the day, system like, is shambolic. Yeah, but that was a good goal. I will say that was a good yeah, goal. Yeah, and you're going to give goal. up that so goal, you, but that that those happen. I'm not as that one doesn't pay me as much. Yeah, I mean, that, but how many have we yeah. given up? But I, I hear you. I'm just Ugh. saying. I'm just saying. In this game, that is a guy who got up. He had the want. He arched his back, got up there, and won it. I hear you all day long on. Yes, yes, yes. Dave. But do you think even if you, just saying that that goal bothered me less. Then that goal we Once saw you in, see uh, the team give up a certain Columbus. number of goals, wouldn't you change the system? I mean, we've given up yeah. like a world record number of corner kick well, goals. That's all like, we've talked about. We're leading the MLS, <laughs> and yeah. this is not an MLS well, game. This is against Pachuca, but we still give yeah. up a corner kick goal. In the, so. <laughs> in the Columbus Crew game where I thought we were man v. man, I now realize there was two guys that needed to be more okay. responsible for a other individual on the field. So if you go to 105 in the clip, you'll see the example of the other absolutely shambolic thing that we do defensively for no reason, which we've talked about, but there's a particularly egregious example. 
So go to 105, a little back. Damn. Back. Oh. 105. Rios. Dave's got a different highlight clip that he watches, but yeah, here we go. So yeah. Oh no, Rios saves it there. It's before this. Actually, go back a little bit because it's a little bit. No, 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 not so far much. Just it's the beginning of this play. Um, sorry. Yeah, but you could feel not this, You could feel it right after. You could feel it coming that Pachuco is going to even this game up. Oh yeah, they're a class side. Uh, yeah, it was. It was just a matter of time. And there they go. What did you think of Rios's game? The goalkeeper. Let it keep playing. Versus Bobby Shuttleworth. Oh, no. It must be back. Yeah. Keep going back further. Dave's going to get us in the, the YouTube loop of hell. <laughs> Is that... And I'm trying to just move on, people, but Dave wants to go back to the replay. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I know the answer to this. So here we go. Here so, it is. No. They play it far post here. Guys, wide open. There we go. I figured it out. Caleb Wiley. It was the... Extended Spanish language highlights <laughs> that actually has the clip. Anyway, I'll, I'll describe it to you just so that you know, right? So the Pachuca has the ball in the middle of the field, and they play it out wide. And Lennon is – it's right before this goal, actually. This is what leads to this goal because um, Lennon is 40 – no, not 40 is too much. 20 yards pinched in. Helping out, standing next to holding Franco's hand, and he's leaving the guy out wide. And they have not only an out, there's two problems with this. Okay. So I'm talking about when the ball is somewhere in the middle of the field or to one side of the field, Lennon's on the weak side, and Lennon is coming all the way in to hold hands with Franco. Okay. For no reason. Because in this clip, um, the. He comes in. There's no danger. It allows two things to happen. One, Pachuca's always got an outlet. They actually, Ibarra closes it down really well, and he thinks he's going to win the ball, and the Pachuca guy's like, ha, Lennon's kind of giving me 40 yards out there. I'm just going to knock it out there. He wide open, right? And so he does that, and so that's one problem. They always have an outlet, which means that you can't win the ball in the middle. The other problem is... If he's a little bit closer out there and they try to force that one out wide under pressure, he can step in and win that. And when he steps in and wins that, counterattack. Yeah. We are missing out on the counterattack. You know, it's one of these examples of where if you talk tactics, you say, well, the tactics is defensive, right? It's designed to make sure that we don't leave that guy open to give up a goal. But in this case... I think the tactics is also preventing us from getting counterattacks because that's the classic way you start a counter. They try to play across the field. You step in front and win it. Now they're all going forward. You're going the other way. And if you give Araujo, Moreno, Almada, and Martinez the ball on that counter, we're going to score. Yeah, especially with Almada. Almada can play the Miggy type of role. I think he's proven that. He's got the acceleration through the center. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and his decision-making is, yeah. you yeah. know, flat out. All right. So that's the AmFam Cup, unless you want to watch Dom Dwyer's goal, which we've seen. Yes, we've got accident- see We've it. seen it accidentally through some of the replays here on the <laughs> other thing. Dom Dwyer gets the game winner. Yep. 
bicycle kick, and then, I mean, really, just, I mean, look at that right there. Look at the lane that he has. I mean, that's just terrible defending by Pachuca okay. all around. So, like it's, we have seen three examples. I mean, he had all day to hit that. For sure. I mean, that's not great talent Okay, right before there. we go to this, it's not let's great just talent. say that us beating Pachuca, huge. Right? That's a really good win against is, the quality side. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I agree. I think it's another dagger in the Mexico versus U.S. soccer uh, Literally, they gave us a golden spike trophy. Yeah, I mean, they which we be, clearly I mean, created for ourselves. Created for ourselves, and, and I love the fact it's got to piss them off a little bit. They're like, if you're and, watching on the YouTube channel, you'll see us holding the trophy. It's kind of because, like because uh, marble the whole base thing with the so, golden spike. It's in so it. ridiculous. Arujo is doing like little somersault things, or what do you call them? Ain't snow angels? Snow and, angels in and the, the confetti. confetti. I like I mean, it. And it's so over the top awesome. Hey, we don't get to celebrate much recently, so go for it. Because what it means is Liga MX is on notice. I've, I agree completely. And and you know uh, our friends, our you know Seattle Sounder friends. You know, yeah. first time we win the Concacaf Champions League MLS team over Mexico, so it's coming, people. But okay. Yeah. And I like the fact that like I'm sorry, like I know that Liga MX teams are better, but you know what? I hope this pisses them off. They're still better, but we're getting there. We're getting there. This is another proof point. Yeah. Okay. So now. So even though I got a tattoo of the AmFam cup on my shoulder here, <laughs> thing is sweet. It still hurts. Wow. Um, yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> so we've seen th- not one, not two, but three examples in four games where Dom Dwyer came off the bench to score a goal, right? So one of them was useless. Right, it was in a two to one loss to Columbus, but in Nashville he bailed us out at a point, and at Pachutska he won the Amfam Cup for us. Okay, so Carmen, you might know that in our intro to our podcast we talk <laughs> about Don Dwyer, and on the very first podcast of the season we also talked about who the new players in and out, and we talked about Dom Dwyer. Can you play the clip? This is ourselves talking on the first podcast of the year about Dom Dwyer. (laughs) (laughs) Kubo Torres did at one point, and Dom Dwyer did at one point for sure. But all of these players was long ago, and Dom Dwyer is also one of them. He hasn't scored a goal in the MLS since 2019, so almost like two and a half years. Sure. he has. How do you sign a guy... That hasn't scored a goal in two and a half years. In fairness, he did play for Orlando. Hasn't <laughs> scored in two and a half years. Why would you bring him on? He's thirty-one years old. He's not. Is he getting better? Um, no. Am but, I missing um, something? Why? 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 I actually disagree with you. Um, I think he could be an inspired signing. It depends, right? So, so if Dom Dwyer is the starter when Martinez is not available then we're in big trouble, right? You know, yeah. you saw that. I mean, you know, when Kubo Torres was going to start or whatever. And Kubo Torres, with the injury, he just had totally lost a step and was terrible. Yeah. Don Dwyer is a little older, but he hasn't lost necessarily a step that way. He's still a very physical player, uh, and I think he can still finish. And so if he were to accept a role of playing five or ten minutes, coming on late, where he can hold the ball up, which he's really good at, or maybe make a late run into the box and score a goal, I bet he can score still. Hey, look, 
I'm an, I'm a Dom Dwyer fan now. I mean, <laughs> I have to be. I am just extremely skeptical. But, I mean, I'm usually the one saying, look, you know, the stats are the stats. And if he hasn't scored in three years, he's never going to score again. But, you know, you watch Dom Dwyer and you don't see that in his game. He looks yeah. like a guy who could score again. Okay, well, hey, let's... let's okay, let's you can I'm not stop sure the he's clip finished. there. I mean, so, um, what I would say is that... So, Dom Dwyer has not been the starter when Martinez We're back to real injured. podcasting, by the way. Yes, we're listen. back. This is, this is live. <laughs> um... So Dom Dwyer has not been the starter when Martinez has been injured. It's been Cisneros, right? So thank goodness. And I don't think Dom Dwyer can carry the load or lead the line. But I will say, as I said before, in the last five or ten minutes, so he got us a point in Nashville. He got us the Pachuca Cup. He got us twice earlier this season. He All the goals came in the last five minutes, and they gotten us uh, at least – Three, I think maybe five points. And all I am saying is that any talent scout could do better. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm saying. And I still stand by it. Because you know what? Even that bicycle kick, that was exciting fans, right? Whatever. I mean, that thing popped up. Like a dream in front of him. Like anybody as a kid, when you're playing World Cup, you know, trash soccer, and that thing just like lands in front of your head and he just does a bike kick. He's so excited about that. Great. That Pachuca goal, good on him. He finished it. But he had a lane the size of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was gigantic the amount of room he had to be able to just tee that up. And, I mean, he could have hit that ball two feet left or two feet right, and the goalkeeper still wasn't going to get it. Yeah, we made a nice fake out wide, though, to, to, to keep the defender honest and open up that lane. And the Nashville goal that he had was all Almada and all Lennon. And, Fair. And, and look, I will give him credit, like a, a good goal, uh, goal poacher, right, being in the mm-hmm. right place at the right time. He was there. I'll give him credit for that. And like I said in that clip, I'm a fan of Dom Dwyer. I hope he keeps doing it. I hope you keep proving me wrong <laughs> on this. I just think that he's a hothead, as we saw in that game. <laughs> well, against he's already been red card against <laughs> Columbus. Like I mean, he's it's just, and he only plays ten minutes a game. He only plays ten minutes a game. I mean, his the last time he got red card, he came on and got red carded in the. First two minutes. His minutes to red card are really sure. dangerous. And but I, maybe Carmen can look up how many goals he's scored for us. And they, that, you know, in the MLS, that won't include uh, the I Pachuca. Think, I think in the MLS, what, he's got like five goals? Four or five? Yeah, it's four or five. But I would be hard-pressed to say, you know, you say, okay, anybody could do that. You know, you could sign whatever. But honestly, anybody who you sign as your last 10 minutes guy, if they get you know, four or five goals halfway through the season. That's pretty good. I, I, no, I can't just dis- really good. I can't disagree with that. I, I just think that it, look, here's what I'll say. If he, if he continues to do that and minimizes the yellows and reds, <laughs> then I'm cool the rhino that. charge. If he can, if he can stop the rhino on. charge and keep and, uh. and do it in the right way, which is why I think a lot of Atlanta United fans like Dom Dwyer. Cause you know, he adds a little punch. So he adds a little, uh, late years, me in the you know creating conflict, which in my when I actually know how to play, I wouldn't do. But like as you get older, right? Like hey, you know how to like egg the team on. You need a little, you need a little personality like sure. that on your team. 
Sure. So that's a good thing. So How many goals? Carmen, you want to tell us what you found? Let's see if the internet is not lying. The internet never lies, never Carmen. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> In the MLS regular season, I don't know if that counts for the Pachuca Cup. No, no. Okay. Not even Pachuca points here. <laughs> <laughs> but he has three goals inside the box. Zero, okay. Probably zero outside. Three and left foot goals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you go back, how many games footed. has he played and, and how many minutes? I thought that bicycle kick was a right footer, wasn't it? Hard to say. So yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. I just I felt like he hit that with his right foot, but three goals. Okay. So how many games played? So nine games played, 218 minutes played. One yes. start. That's what I was telling you, Mikey Dobbs. Yeah, Only one start. Start, but he's had a lot of minutes, I think. I mean, 218 minutes yeah. is not a lot of minutes. It's not the last 10 minutes of every game, though. I tell you that. And hmm. two yellow cards and one red So card. 218 divided by nine... He's averaging a little over 20 minutes a game. Yeah. And that's including the one game that he started. So you got to figure that game he played 60, 70. So probably in most games that he's playing, he's first of all, he's only played in eight games that he didn't start. It's not even all of them. And in most of those games, he's playing 15 max. Okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah. He still sucks. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. I've said my piece. Fair. I love him. I'm just saying. Fair. All right. So now we... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Of course. So, Pachuca um, is the debut, a starter of Rios Novo, the goalkeeper who came back from Argentina. Yep. Um, Your thoughts? Way better than Bobby Shuttleworth. <laughs> <laughs> Simple it's as that. It's a low bar, though. It's a low bar. But um, so we've also signed a new goalkeeper right from Liga MX. Have we? Juan, somebody? Yeah, he's like a giant. Hold on. I got this You're on my on phone. top of it, Mikey Dobbs. I know. His name is uh, It's a Mexican goalkeeper, goalkeeper Raul Gudino. What's the over-under on 5'10"? He's a uh, free <laughs> free transfer after a contract with Shivas expired. Okay. So, so. Uh, you know, God bless him. I love Rio Novos. He, I think he really gets the game. He He's positionally aware or whatever. But he's 5'10 on a good yeah. day. No, and I think that's why they, they recognize that, right, Dave? And they're getting this Mexican goalkeeper. I don't think you can be a goalkeeper in a major league at... I don't really think he's even 5'10", but even if you give him 5'10". I'm rooting just, for him. Oh, I'm rooting for the heck out of him. Yeah, but I'm 5'6", man. <laughs> so I'm a, oh. he, he's got he's to succeed. Come on. No. Oh, wow. what? This guy's 6'5". Oh, Ooh, there you go. Yeah, he's a, he's a contrast to Rios. You match him with Rios, and you get a great six foot two. So what? Where's so Carmen? Where has he played? What's the Wikipedia have to say about this guy? He's twenty six years old. I see. That's pretty good. Still. So that's good for He's a still, goalkeeper. Still that's young. really young, because goalkeepers last forever. Yeah. Uh, so on the bottom right table there, I don't know what, what do you see there, Dave. Oh, Guadalajara. 79 appearances. Guadalajara is a terrific sign. Well, there you go. 
That's and, a lot so of appearances. We also signed. Uh, it's four years, so that's twenty appearances a year. That's still most. That's a starting goalkeeper. You don't get twenty appearances uh, a year unless you're basically a starter. So we also signed a new center back, Dave. Did you hear about this? No. So a defender, Juan Jose Parata, on, from where? on loan from Tigres. Tigres, good side as yeah, well. Like another good side. That's so, Mexico City, right? Tigres and. After even those two moves, supposedly we're still in the market to make some other moves. Well, we did lose our center back to an Achilles injury. I don't know if yeah. you know. <laughs> that was terrible. Robinson. Uh. All right. Enter Miami, Dave. There we go. Uh, before you do that, I mean, one thing that, that I offered, and we don't have to, but... Would you like me to explain the double pivot? I, I don't even know what that is. What does that mean? Yeah, the, I have not the, a clue what that means. What is the double <laughs> pivot? So the Dave double pivot has. is the latest, greatest tactic in the center of the park. Mm -hmm. Okay, so most traditionally, well, traditionally you just played with two midfielders and nobody cared. But, <laughs> but, but you know, in modern football, um, a lot of players play with a defensive midfielder and then maybe an attacking midfielder. The latest, greatest invention is called the double pivot, which is really just two midfielders playing side to side like they used to play. But the reason why they call it a double pivot is that they are supposed to in a double pivot exchange, right? So they're left, right instead of front back. So traditionally defensive attacking midfielder is front back and the defensive midfielder is really responsible for defending. The attacking guy has more right. of a free reign, right? In a double pivot, nobody necessarily has the attacking or defensive role. They play side to side and they're supposed to pivot depending on how you go up the field. Yeah, based on right? the reading each other and who's... Right. Yeah. So when the right midfielder goes up, the left midfielder pivots in and marks as a defensive midfielder. So what you're saying is nothing's changed. Yeah, they just went back to the old they thing. They just called but it something. But they call it a double pivot. They just call it something now. But the thing about it, so what I think the double pivot really is, is when you don't have anybody who's good enough to play defensive midfield, you play two midfielders who have some defensive ability, and you call it a double pivot. Um, now, if those players are Xavi and Iniesta, have you heard of them? Uh, they used to play for Barcelona. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In one of the greatest midfielders of all time. And those guys knew how to play the double pivot. It was so natural. Not only was it tiki-taka they were famous for, but they were really good about They always knew where the other guy was. And when Xavi was mostly back, but when he was forward, Iniesta would sit in. It was beautiful. I mean, those, <laughs> you know, it's like great Spanish music, you know, uh, amazing. But... In the double pivot, you have to be incredibly aware of where your partner is. Um, you know, like on the dance floor, if one steps one way and the other one steps the same way, you step on their foot. Um, and that happens in the double pivot. If they're that. not aware, two guys are forward. Or what mostly happens is the coach is screaming at them that someone has to play defense. And the double pivot ends up very static. Nobody really going forward. All right. Speaking of the double. So we are playing the double pivot, Ibarra and Josetu, technically as not actually defensive and attacking left-right. They're supposed to be changing it up, but they're not really doing it. They mostly sit 
back. And Josetu, who's supposed to be an attacking talent, you don't really see him very much up the field. So, Dave, speaking of doubles, we've spent $175,000 on one international spot to Nashville. We paid them in GAM. Okay. And then we spent some more GAM with Seattle to get one of their international slots. What do you think we're going to do with those? International slots. If you're I playing have no ga- idea. game in Tam Monopoly, it's it bodes is, well. Is that also a double pivot into international <laughs> play? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know, but it sounds interesting. I mean, you're the Tam and Gam guy, right? Yeah. Is that a lot of Tam and Gam, or is that a little Tam and Gam? That's solid Tam and Gam to okay. get some international slots. So, you know, as we talked about previously, and I can't remember, so every MLS team starts with like I forget five or six international slots that are given to them so if you're an expansion team you get x amount of international slots but you can buy more with tam and gam so i'm assuming the the board of tam of international slots right like we can grow that if we want a lot of international players here in atlanta united yeah it's interesting only in the mls can you buy your way out of the rules yeah we're we're, we're buying our (laughs) way rules like you can only have a certain number of this or that unless you buy an extra one because someone's willing to give one up it is a very american i like i like their philosophy here until things really change where americans are quite better at soccer let's find some more south american players to bring here that's there. It's a good model. I it's a good we were, model. <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to get Zach Steffen in the offseason, but that's not an international spot. He's American. And I'm not saying Miles Robinson isn't amazing, but I like what I'm seeing from Do you Almada. think that Manchester United should sign Tyler Adams? <sighs> they really need a defensive midfielder, and he said that he's a little bit looking. He is, would be amazing in that side. He yeah. is amazing player he's the best american player in my opinion ever why don't we come back to that let's get through atlanta united's inner miami game let's bomb through this what do you there's no such thing as bombing through i was i was on vacation okay two nothing victory red card against uh inner miami for a bonehead play by their player who was on a yellow and gave us all the chances. so let's start with the thing that probably nobody noticed so Sosa didn't play, right? Was he available? Apparently on the radio, our good friend Jason Longshore said that he was sick. Hmm. Do you think he's really sick or is something going on, Mikey Dobbs? I mean, I don't know. I like the conspiracy theory, though. It's suddenly, you know, he had a lower body injury that lasted a really long You're time. You're really into this Sosa conspiracy. because Well, a- I want, no, what I really want is Sosa to play. And I'm really frustrated. I'm like, why isn't he playing? And so I'm wondering whether or not it's really because he's had a series of unfortunate events or whether or not he's, there's something going on. I, you know, I don't see any other smoke. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's, I, I hear where you're coming from. I've got to put this up against just a series of unfortunate events because there's no other. And uh, they said that he was sick, but it, it's not COVID. Sorry. And you know who would be on top of this, Dave, is Felipe. Yes. Cardenas. We should send him a message. Yeah. Felipe. Sorry. Okay, Felipe, if you're listening. We got your is name. Is Sosa correct. sick? 
is so so sick. That's right. No, he no, got mad at you, didn't he? Because he, he did. pronounced his he name did. wrong. He did a Jose Moreno. <laughs> We're uh, very sorry. Right, so we there we, we have a ton of respect. I mean, that guy really knows a ton. I mean, yeah. he's amazing. So, yeah, we're lucky to have him. Yeah, we're covering, very lucky so. to have him covering and thinking about Atlanta United at all. And I should have known better that Rule Eleven was not Rule Twelve <laughs> in the laws of football. But, okay, okay. So here we go. Kick we, off. We played it back, right? Are we doing the long? No, ball again? this this is we're. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, this is the long ball. All right. Oh, here we go. It's back to. It's their playing. They're playing Mikey Dobbs. We're in white. Go back oh, okay. again one more time. Right? So my <laughs> Miami kicks. I know it's confusing. We yeah. should be in we should be in art, but we're not. We're in um, why, why aren't we in We're in yeah. the white or whatever. So they play the kickoff play. Right? There's the three guys running down the side. Does it work? No. Go back one more time. Just pause it or right It doesn't at the work because he kicked it down the center, Dave. Okay, play it and pause it. Um, it doesn't work because they, they kicked it. So down. right there. There you can see it. We yeah. played with three guys offside of the outside, one guy in the center kicking off, and one guy on the weak side. They have three guys on the outside, one guy kicking off in the center back. It's the exact same formation. It's the exact same play. Maybe we're stealing something from Miami, which is a bad idea. Yeah, but wait. I'm sorry. Where does this guy kick it? He kicks it real far. No, he kicks it real far right up the center, not where all three players are running. Does it matter? Yes. We were going to win yes. that ball no, no matter what. No, no, no. <laughs> Had he actually kicked it to where his plays were, there's odds. I'm no statistics expert. The odds are ever in your favor, Mikey Dobbs. Yeah. Kick it where the people are, Dave. All right. What happened? Dave, get us through this game. Come on. Well, uh, that was the key, right? I so, got no more patience for uh, this. My point is that, <laughs> that, so who do we think is the worst coach in the MLS? Neville. Yes. And he has a kickoff play. So is it a good idea? I think, do you know, I think his dad's name is Neville or something like that. It's like it's Neville Neville. It's like Neville Neville or something weird like that. <laughs> That's really weird. I mean, you know Philip Neville. I don't have Gary is his brother. I don't have any ATL on fire trivia tonight, but I think it's, I'll bring that to I like you. it. Neville Neville. Neville Neville. Okay. 22 seconds into the highlight clip. Joseph to Araujo through the middle. Only this time it's from outside the box. It's one of the first goals that we've scored outside of the box all year. You want to set it up? Uh, I'll set it up. There it is. So they, the other team has a throw in. We win a pressure. He plays it to the middle to Araujo. Left foot. That is a beautiful goal, by the way. But if you're going to have somebody shoot from far. Totally screened. But, I mean, it really is Mm -hmm. a nice curler on the near post. Yeah. And the bottom line is play through the middle Atlanta United. (laughs) We're way better. If it's Araujo, great. If it's Lennon, not so much. So there we go. Do you think we should have scored more goals in this game, Dave? I think so. I think it should have been four nothing. Yes, we should have scored a lot more. So um, there's That's another not, example. I don't like think that. we need to go through it at 105, where Lennon is pinched in. Um, 
uh, you know, it's the same dang thing. Um, but here's the thing. So I was listening on the radio and the highlight package doesn't have all the little ticky tacky. So it seemed like Miami was just fouling the heck out of us in a cynical way. Um, but the weird thing was it was mostly the center backs. It, they kept saying center back, center back, you know, and Jason Longshare chimed in was our good friend of the podcast. Jason Longshare said, you know, when are they going to give one of the center backs a yellow card? They didn't. Mm-hmm. There was a foul in the midfield that went to um, uh, Acosta, right? He got the yellow card, the center midfielder. His first foul of the game, it was persistent fouling by the team, but it went to Acosta on the first yellow card, which sets the stage for... U.S. men's national team player Acosta? Is it the same player? No, no. Different player. Very different player. We don't know. Dave's, <laughs> Dave's put on the pressure. It's the send-off. It's the send-off. Uh, we're, we're winging this. Uh, Unprepared after four weeks of not podcasting. No, it's very early. In the clip. Yeah, right there. Brilliant. That's yeah. really... Carmen, you're a genius. Genius, eh? Yeah, she's, seen Conf- Je- she's seen Jedi 17 times, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Yeah, just grabs... Yeah, I mean... So that's the yellow card that gets him sent off. And also should have played the advantage there. If he's so a, now, wait, hold right. on. Do you think that the ref should have played advantage there? Yep. Yeah. Terrible refereeing yet again. Oh, no, it wasn't advantage. It was a free kick I know, that he played I'm, quickly. Not, Do you think advantage. he should have allowed him to play the free kick quickly? Well, yes. you know, he put it down. He hasn't, he hasn't done anything. He didn't need to blow the whistle. I have to say, to add insult to injury, if you go back and play it one more time, Acosta, after he commits the second yellow card foul, he spins around, and he runs into his own guy. Oh, and he goes down. No, I mean, it's like the Keystone a, Cops. No, but a good, Miami. A great, a, I mean, that's a hard refereeing thing to do, but a great referee would have let that free kick play and just give us a chance to go score on goals. Okay, but... So if if you got the first yellow card after a team infringement, now, and then that's the second foul, do you think that's a red? Yeah. You think that's a red? He's already in a yellow, right? Yep. So it's another yellow. Yeah, because, be, because it, I mean, it was a breakaway style play. No, it was a counterattack. Yeah, he was stopping a clear not counter, break, yeah. Not breakaway, yep. but counterattacking play. Mm-hmm. Um. It was a cynical foul stopping a counter, and they had been I, it called for that call it, it, a number it, it, of times. It wasn't, it wasn't even cynical. Like, he just was stupid and tripped him up. Not cynical. Well, that's, I think he did it on purpose. I, I don't don't like you that. think he I did it on purpose? No, I, I don't like the way people are using cynical. Now, uh-huh. cynical is pretty easy to see, mm-hmm. right? Like, he literally, he just crossed him up, right? Like, that's not cynical. I think he took him down on purpose because they didn't want to counterattack. He did, but I don't think that's... I would call cy- that cynical. I don't, wouldn't call that cynical. <laughs> okay. That's, that's cynical? It, well, like, no. The question is... So that's I, cynical. If he took him is down... Is this where we are in 2022 yet again? That's cynical? Dave? Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know, yeah. I'm not, uh, you know. Uh, we're not going to go down that trap door. Yeah. That's not cynical. That's a guy trying to get around him. He tripped him up. And should have known better and got a yellow card and got a red card. Double yellow equals red, Dave. Okay. Not cynical. So, as you pointed out. Carmen, 
I'm curious your opinion here because you're blushing over there. <laughs> do you think that was cynical? Honestly, like, do you think that was cynical? I might not go as strong as cynical. Okay. I might not go that strong. Somewhat cynical. <laughs> Mildly cynical. Cynical-ish. What, is, <laughs> what, is, what does cynical mean? Like purposeful? Cynical is like, you know, in a negative way that's like, yeah, purpose almost. I look. Like, I, I think I always viewed like cynical as like a soccer terminology is like almost like on the fringe of like trying to injure somebody. Maybe that's, Carmen can give us a definition. That, of that's cynical how, from the. That's how I would view like a, a, a cynical foul in soccer. I think at least has some risk of like injuring the other player. That's, oh, I've always thought that. No, that's just a. That's a. Uh, an ugly foul. A cynical one is not one that risks injuring at all. It's to stop the flow of play. It's to do something I, tactical. It's a tactical foul. No, I've called that a professional foul. Professional foul is also that's another not, word for that's it. That's not, not cynical. cynical. Professional is per, not cynical. Total professional foul. If he wasn't on his yellow, already on a yellow card, that would be a total professional foul. Yeah. Okay. I agree. But to it's say fine. that's cynical. All right, professional. We'll call it professional drag, and tactical. Let's just drag this out. Do you prefer professional or tactical, Carmen? I like professional. Okay. Yeah. Professional foul. Sure. We here in the podcast believe that that is a professional no, foul. No, but that was not a professional foul. After oh, all, it was a stupid <laughs> foul, right? Because <laughs> if it was his first that. foul, it would be a yeah. professional foul. But okay. on his second one, it's called a stupid foul. Now you're really throwing me off. What, don't you agree, though? I agree. It's a stupid foul on the second one. Very stupid because you, got can't, him sent you off. can't do a professional foul in that moment, which is why you got a red card. Fair. All right. On I we go. That's fair. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Got out of place. You thought you were coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So what else we got in this game? Inter Miami. All right. 236 in the highlights. Um, the. You know, you said that we should have buried them, and we should have. And this was the best chance of the game. Araujo, again, showing the class. When you have Araujo, Almada, Martinez, Moreno on the ball, he's not going to force. You know, we, we talked about this in the – I meant to mention this earlier – uh, we talked about this in the very first game, the first clip against Nashville, where Moreno has a chance to shoot it really quickly early, but he doesn't. He instead squares it to Almada for a tap-in, and here is the exact same thing. Araujo on the ball. He has a chance with a little bad angle, right? Instead of shooting it, he squares it to Wiley, who should have taken a touch. He has all day. And he's just a little yeah. um, not composed. I mean, he'll learn. What's Martinez yelling about there? Because he got fouled really badly right there. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And in fairness to Wiley, oh, he put it that was back close. But look how much time he had. If he had stopped that, he could have taken a deep breath and put it up. Like yeah. Martinez how showed is, you how, how to is go. he? No, I'm not Eight, critical. 18 you know. years old? Give the kid a break. But my point it's is... On, it was far post. It was on goal. That's all I care about. If that's Martinez on the ball, it's a goal. He would have taken a touch and yeah. roofed it. He would have roofed it. Right, yeah. exactly how he showed you just a minute earlier. You're, you're speaking truth. Yeah. So that's my point is that we just want to get those guys on the ball. So first of all, you saw... You know, uh, if that had been Lennon instead of Araujo or maybe even Wiley instead of Araujo on the ball in the bad angle, he would have shot it. 
So that's he, not the right play. He should have crossed it. He did cross it. And once he crosses it, if it's Martinez or Moreno or someone like that, Armada on the ball, they would take a touch and roof it. Instead, it's aren't Wiley. The, aren't and those moments problem. awesome for Wiley, though? Oh, my God. Yeah, he's going to be a great player. Because next time, right? Yes. Next time. Next time. In the later part of the season... But do you Hopefully. think there's a next time for Lennon, or is he old enough where he's never going to get that? Lennon's never going to get that now. Yeah, Lennon's, that's my problem. Lennon's, he's at the peak of his career right now. I like him. I have nothing negative to say. He's just, I would rather see another player. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anything negative to say. I just want to see somebody else. I just want to see somebody else. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so I have another example of Lennon being pushed in. But at 435, let's go to Lennon. I mean, another absolute classic example. Yeah, just leave it like there. So so for actually go back a little bit because Moreno, oh, my goodness. Anybody? We have people talking on Twitter about Moreno not being a great player. But if you go back, the pass that Moreno makes on this ball, right? So play the clip. Moreno in midfield. Watch this ball. It's incredible. That's a great. Now pause it. So right here, again, not a great angle. There's two things that a composed player would do. One is either give him the goalkeeper a little fake and try to play it, you know, fake near, go far, fake far, yeah. go what, near. Now, is, there's, there's one simple great ball here. Yes, what it is. Tell me. It's far post is with, the, with, the right, it across. with the right weight. With the perfect way. And who is? Uh, I don't know who I it is. I don't, I don't care who it is, but that's it's the right play. It's you, you, you can't cut it back to, to, to Martinez. Correct. You're in a great place to just lightly lay that right across the top of the top of the box. Yep. Right across, just shy of the penalty box. Just lay it. The keeper's in no man's land if you do that. And, it's, and I'm not saying that's easy, but that's the right play. Right. And the hardest part, which I think he can do right now, given the defender that's on him, his right leg is like way behind him. There's definitely the window to do that. Go ahead, play the clip. What does he do? I mean, that is a really weak shot. There's no chance of scoring that. It's right at the goalkeeper. And for him being in that dangerous a spot, he has to do better. And that's a problem with the outside back. You know, we talked about it from the very first clip that Lennon was flying up the wing. It's for those moments. That's and why he he's did. supposed to get there. And if he gets there and does that, then it's a waste. And Lennon never saw that guy far post. Never. Is that Cisneros that was far post? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And as if to beat a dead horse here, we've been talking about it over and over, the difference between the decision-making of those players Um if you go to the second goal, and I apologize because I didn't write down the time, but if you go to the second goal from Atlanta United, Araujo gets a rebound off a safe shot, right? Again, it's exactly like that first thing yeah, from Moreno. Yeah, go back a little bit. So Wiley has the ball. He cuts it inside, right? Moreno makes a great ball to Wiley. Wiley cuts it inside. Right here, he cuts it inside for the YouTube listeners. Pause it. There's a rebound, and this 
looks exactly like the Moreno play from the Nashville game, right? Everybody is expecting Araujo from a bad angle to, to hit it. it. Yeah. Now, once it comes to Araujo, if you look at it, the goalkeeper recovers very quickly and is in a great spot. And instead of doing the dumb thing and forcing it, he plays a side pass to Martinez, who, unlike <laughs> Wiley and some of the other guys, roofs it again. Play yeah. the clip. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah. That is the difference with playing through the middle to the guys who really know how to finish versus the guys who don't. And yet again, that's two games in a row where Joseph Martinez is making me feel better. Because <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast before, I've been pretty negative on Joseph Martinez being able to make a comeback. And these last two goals I've seen from him give me a lot of optimism. Well, if Araujo and Almada and Moreno continue to create stuff, Joseph yeah. Martinez can clearly finish. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. So there we go. A 2 0 win against uh, Miami. So Araujo Martinez, Martinez Araujo. I mean, this is all our goals, right? Is that enough to get Neville fired? Not quite. I mean, they love, should have they been love fired him. last year, they but love he's best friends Miami. with the owner Beckham. So yeah. they've been friends since they were like 12. Class of 92 is not going to, nobody's getting fired. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's almost <laughs> like you're a United fan. <laughs> you want to tell us about the Busby babes? The Busby babes. No. Okay. Yeah, no. Never mind. No. <laughs> it was looking good. Then yeah. they all died in a plane crash. It was yeah. terrible. So <laughs> the Manchester United plane crash that people don't know about, but so it happened. There we, there, here we are. Here we are. We got a game tomorrow, right? Or yes, two, two days please. from now? Is it tomorrow? Toronto. We're coming to you on Friday night, and the game that we have is tomorrow at seven thirty at Toronto. All right, seven thirty mm. tomorrow, Toronto. Who's not a good team at all? No. So we, <laughs> not at all. And then the next Terrible. couple of games are tough. I think we got the Red Bulls and somebody else that's yeah. a decent team. So we really need this win against Toronto, who's not a good side. Right. We need to start the road trip off with a win. Can we do it, Dave? Toronto. I think in Canuckville, with all this momentum, we got we're the AmFam champs. We've we've <laughs> taken down Gary Neville. I mean, certainly. Martinez and Araujo are clicking and whatnot. I mean, you. I would have said absolutely yes if we had um, Almada. I still think the answer is yes, but... Almada's out three games or two more games then? <laughs> yeah, because you can't bump the ref. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. But it, it solves a problem oh. for Pineda, right? Because No, it doesn't solve this problem almada needs to be on the field <laughs> well but when almada comes back what it, where are you gonna go who is coming off the field mikey Dobbs? uh i don't know who's coming off the field we got hyman hyman's been playing more and, and hyman's looking pretty good ibarra's been playing so he's been playing ibarra every single game as the defensive midfielder yeah. and he's been playing hyman or Josetu. originally it was Josetu, yeah. and now recently it's been hyman who's coming off the field mikey Dobbs? I don't know. Are you playing Ibarra on an island? I like Ibarra. He's, I do like Ibarra. He's, he's stuck in defender. But I don't envision him being like a Almada replacement. 
So no, no, he's not an Almada replacement. But if you bring in Almada for a Hyman or Josetu, who is another midfielder who plays some defense, right? Then Almada, you don't necessarily expect. Actually, if you go back to the original game. Um, it was Stuart Holden in the Nashville game was saying, look at Omada track back into our own 18. Isn't yeah. that amazing? And I was like, no, we do not want Omada in our own 18 yeah. in general, like corner general. kick or whatever. But I, mean, I, I think he would agree with you there too. Yeah. Even, even Stuart would. Oh, I think he's terrific. So yeah, I'm just I think he would time, agree but, with you there. But yeah, that was that occasional hustle that you want to see from Almada. Sure, that's what you want to so see. I think that was, that was his spirit. But who's of coming off? You got to assume that it's Hyman or or Rosetto. I think it's got to be Hyman. Okay. So, but then that leaves, you're talking about Abara on an island in the midfield. Uh, Well, no Sosa. You can't play them both. Why not? Because then you have one too many players on the field. If you have Mama. So if you bring back Almada, he's got to replace someone. So you have Moreno and Almada, right? Um, you can't. You can only play one defensive midfielder, which could be Ibarra, could be Sosa. I'm not even talking oh, about yeah, whether gotcha. it could be who it's going to be. I'm just saying, if you go back to the the problems that we had last year when there was a defensive midfielder Sosa on an island, the only person playing defense in the middle. Yeah, you take you take Hyman out, right? Yep. You've got Abara playing as our. If Sosa's not, I'd rather see Sosa than Abara. Sure. So it's either Sosa or Abara. Yep. So you're going to play one defensive midfielder and then the two attacking ones in front of him are Moreno yeah. and Almada. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, you got it's to a very aggressive lineup. Damn straight. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. You got Martinez. So who's your back four then? The oh. back four that you're going to leave on an island. Well, right now it's the new signing, evidently. Mm. Aha. Uh-huh. Where's the spoon? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. All right. But anyway, we don't know anything about him. Did you like Maddie Murphy there? I did. I yeah, like it. It's really good. Wait, where's the spoon? Where's the spoon? <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's going to be the X factor is whoever this new center back is, which I have no idea who okay, this dude so, is. Okay, but you got Wiley out wide. As long as it's not Adam Alex Dijon, do you know who gets beat on an easy ball over the top? Fair. They can't deal with it first time. He's old. He's not athletic. Whoever this twenty-six-year-old guy that we just looked up on Wikipedia, he's going to step in and win that ball, heading it out of before any of that bullshit happens. He's going to win that. Alex Dijon doesn't have it anymore. He's lost the edge. (laughs) You showed it on YouTube. Okay. You showed it earlier. Well, he got beat with the the triple cutback. Yeah. On an island. It was terrible. It wasn't the double pivot. (laughs) (laughs) Just making sure. Um, Okay. So you're talking about. So first of all, I wanted to ask you, do you have any idea? (laughs) I know the answer is no, because it's Atlanta United. Any idea when Gutman's coming back? No, I I think he's going to be. Like fall, late fall, kind of. Really, I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know. Like he had the whole shoulder thing, and yeah, then he, it was a shoulder. I don't know. It's just he's your shoulder's not so hard for playing. Yeah. Well, first off, we got to pronounce his name correctly before he can come back. Torn quad. Oh, yeah. Carmen says it's a torn quad. When yeah. is he injured? May. Yeah. So what's June, eight to July, twelve weeks? August. So then another. 
September. Okay. So gone. we're going to see him in yep. September. Maybe. All right. Fair. Okay. So you got Wiley then for sure. And then, you know, you would say Campbell and Franco or the new guy. And then Lennon at right back. And I'm fine with that. It's not a great back four. I mean, we were at the beginning of the year, it was Gutman, Robinson, Franco, and maybe even Hernandez, which is a much better defensive back four. But okay, fair enough. I don't have a problem with that. Let's go after people. But here's the but. Tactically. But, if you got all of that attacking thing, and now you're showing that Araujo, Almada, Martinez, they've just taken people apart. Please, please do not keep your automatic. back four back, is what you're about to say, Dave. Keep the back four back. Keep the I'll back just cut you back. off right now. Yes. This is at least. Oh, look out, wine Ooh. fanatics. <laughs> no, but if you're. Got a little too excited. If you are a listener of this podcast, what we're saying right now is keep the back four back. And I don't mean by keep the back four backs that the back four have to stay back and never go forward. I they, just mean that they can't go bombing forward automatically. Yeah. No, but they should just stay back. Well, no, I think that <laughs> what I would be in favor of is whether it's a center back or an outside back, if they step in front and win a ball and play it forward, yeah. keep going by all but, means. But. Go support the attack. When we get into the front third, then make a late run wide. Every blue moon. Because yeah. here's here's the deal. You got Almada and you've got Ibarra who's playing studly defense. Let let Ibarra play back studly defense or Sosa. Both are yep. full, fully capable. I don't care who it is yep. versus I, I kind of feel uncomfortable with both of those guys right now. And then Almada mm-hmm. transition super fast. Let's score some goals. Yep. And I would think if we go on a road against a really good team, then maybe you make you you take either Morena or Amada off. You play both Ibarra and Sosa, and you bring one of those guys on late. You try to, you know, be a little more conservative, mix it up. Mix yeah. it up. Yeah. Start off conservative on the road, yeah. Yep. Uh, it gets a good team on the road, not team. Toronto. Toronto, yeah, but, you just... But, but like a Red Bull, a Red Bull right? Yeah. Like sure. Ibarra and Sosa yep. play back, and then you all of a sudden do a little change-up. Yep. And then you has you have either Moreno or Almada coming off the bench. You know the Red Bulls do not want to see Almada coming <laughs> off the bench. <laughs> no, they don't. Nobody does. And that that's a brilliant play yeah. against the Red Bulls yeah. on the road. Be like you, you know, the first play Toronto. Are we coaching this team, Mikey? Duff? Toronto, you play Almada, you go out for the win, you go you go guns blazing, right? I like, agree. W- win the damn game. Red Bulls, you play that little defensive stature like we just said. Bring on Almada and then change it up. Boom. You heard it here. They haven't seen that type of talent in a long time since we beat their ass in uh, 2018 <laughs> with Miggy. Miggy Amaral. Yeah. So, okay. That is uh, where we stand as far as Atlanta United heading, <laughs> heading to Toronto. If you're still with us, dear podcast this listeners, is, you are. Yeah, this is a long one. So, <laughs> I, I'm going to. God bless you. I'm going to try to wrap things up with, you know, you know me. I'm like super fanatic. I did. I'm doing a podcast on Atlanta United. Do you know that? No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, so, I do know. Did not think much of the MLS years ago. Okay. And, and here we are doing a podcast. Uh, I feel like the next ten years is a big deal for where the league goes. Okay. Um, TV rights is a big deal. I feel like the MLS did not get what they wanted from the major broadcasting. Mm. Uh, ESPNs and mm-hmm. Foxes, whoever, 
And they kind of were putting it in the corner. It's an ESPN ABC contract, right? No, no. So hold on. Go ahead. I believe they've signed an exclusive deal with Apple TV. Okay. I'm talking so, about what we currently had, but no, yeah, no, go no. ahead. So no, I'm talking about what we were moving to, which was just signed for 2023. The, Very nice. The league now has a deal with Apple TV where they have every single game on Apple TV. Mm. No blackouts, Dave. Wow. No blackouts. Now, Is Ted Lasso going to coach a team? So you can get Ted Lasso. So I think if you have the Apple TV Plus package, right, which you yep. get some Ted Lasso, you can pay another $5 a month, which Oof. is, we're talking like, you know, what, 50 bucks for the yeah, year? Yeah, they get you in five on everything, man. You they, they, this you, they get you on anyway, everything. But if you're an MLS fan <laughs> and you you want to watch Atlanta How United, much do we make off this podcast? I've spent 50 bucks on a week of okay. signing up for Fubo to watch the Fubo freaking game of Atlanta United okay. for like one month just to make sure I can watch them play Nashville. That's so heart, Mikey. This is, this is a dream for me that I can go to Apple TV and watch every single Atlanta United game. I'm in. I love it. I'm in. Let's do it. And it doesn't mean, evidently, Dave, now that they've got the exclusive, they also have the rights to negotiate with ESPN and Fox for some games that can also be nationally broadcast. So does that include the local thing? Like we no longer have to watch Bally freaking sports? Yeah, Bally's out of the equation. (laughs) I'm in. I'm definitely in. Because... I don't know how Apple's going to do soccer because I haven't seen them do it, but it can't be worse than Bally's. But here's the thing. I, I love our commentators, but Bally's? Look, I'm a Google guy. You're an Apple guy. But the one thing I will say is Apple's not stupid. They, they I think they understand where soccer is going, mm-hmm. and they're hedging their bets on World Cup 2022 here and 26. And boy, oh boy, when soccer is... Big in the United States come 2026, and they've got the exclusive package for the MLS. They know where the millennials are right there on Apple Maybe TV. Maybe they'll have sponsored our podcast. They're going to be that. logging on to Apple TV. Like there'll be <laughs> there'll be all sorts of experiences for Web 3.0. I mean, the shit's going to be now. Off can the you record on Apple TV? Not now, but you probably can in the future. This is a 10 year deal. We need that, to write them. It's a 10 year de- deal. I think it's like. I want to say it's like $1.5 billion. So it's like $250 million a year or something. Hold me true with the math. Wait, wait for it. Wait, Carmen. Carmen, I know you can't do it. You don't want to do it, but boom, shakalaka. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> but, I mean, that's it's, it's a big package for MLS. Now, do I think they were in a corner? I think they wanted something different with the major broadcasters. They mm-hmm. just weren't ready right now. Mm-hmm. I think that Apple is being pretty prudent in understanding where the marketplace could be with soccer in the U.S. So it's a risk in a lot of fronts, but I'm, I don't know. I'm kind I don't of, think it's a risk. U.S. soccer is well, – soccer in general yeah. is growing, growing. That, U.S. soccer is growing. It's, and, it's and, great. And yeah. people who have Apple devices, right, are kind of your – even your fringe soccer fans, right? You got, right. Of course you have your hardcore soccer fans. No matter what, they're buying the Apple TV damn package for the MLS if they want to watch Atlanta yep. United. That's a given. They might complain about it. They may say, I'm never signing up for it. No way, Jose. 
damn straight you are. You're well, in- you can only get the stupid valleys if you have Xfinity. <sighs> Or you know, Mikey yeah. Dobbs and you're wanted by the FBI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they said they're going to give, what is that, subscription. Oh, yeah, if you're, but that's you. Yeah. So you get it for free, you jerk. I forgot to tell you that. Because it's under your Even name. Even better, yeah. big girl. <laughs> yeah, you get the whole thing for Woo! free. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. Damn it. Nice. I had that in my notes. I was like, Season ticket holders, which is under your name, you get it for free. Damn you! Boom, shaka <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, but I mean, it's it's a big deal, right? Like, what do you think Apple, which is ex- it's exclusive, right? Do you think sock MLS soccer fans are going to buy that package? I mean, and, small and, at first, but yeah, it'll what, grow. And what does it mean, right? If they don't, if you know, you're flicking through the channels on mainstream stuff that you don't all of a sudden come across an LAFC versus Seattle game. Like those, those days are kind of, that doesn't happen anymore. Like, so you go to YouTube TV, right? Like I used to, like last year, like I kind of found myself watching like LAFC versus galaxy. Right. And I'm like, I'm all right. I got nothing better to do on a Saturday night. I, wa- I ended up watching the games there. That piece of it is kind of gone. Right. Yep. Um, so that, could be a little bit of a detriment to trying to figure out how you expand beyond your market, which is obviously interested, right? Like, so Atlanta United people, of course, they're going to buy it who had blackout issues like me. But I think <laughs> the the opportunity to see some of the other games. You don't have blackout issues because you have, but you then, know, you could, then you can Mikey look, Dubs stealth tactics. That's right. Yeah. V, VPN. <laughs> All right. But, that's Have it. We talked about it all, Mikey Dobbs. We've talked about it and then some. We even <laughs> talked about it before we talked about it, Dan. You came in hot, and here we are. We're closing it out. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Looking forward to the second half of the season. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>